This is Cowrie 97.5 FM, Abbey Okata, and I'm Jackie Wilson-Battery. COVID-19 cases have jumped to 1,532 in Nigeria after 195 new cases were reported by last night. Lagos has 80 new, Kano 38, Ogun 15, Bochi 15, Borano 11, Gumbe 10, Sokoto 9, Edo 5, Chigawa 5, Zanfara 2, Rivers, Delta, the Federal Capital Territory, and Nasarawa have one each. 255 have been discharged and 44 deaths recorded. State-by-state breakdown, Lagos has 844, the Federal Capital Territory, Abuja, 158, Kano, 115, Borano, 53, Ogun, 50, Gombe, 46, Oshun, 34, Katsina, 30, Edo, 30, Boji, 29, Oyo, 21, Sokoto, 19, Kaduna, 15, Akwaibom, 12, Quara 11. The rest have single digits. This is Kauri 97.5 FM. Abelkuta, it's the reset button. President Donald Trump's 200 or probably more ventilator gifts to Nigeria is big news here. Average cost of a ventilator is $16,000 and Senegal is set to produce 4 million COVID-19 test kits at $1 apiece. Professor Ben Ayade, governor of Nigeria's Cross River State, says money should be given to virologists in the country to conduct research and produce a vaccine for the killer virus. Pan-African social reformist group leader says China is buying up thousands of hectares of arable land in Africa to grow food for its people. Welcome to the Reset Button, our daily focus on COVID-19 and its consequences and collateral benefits for social behavior, advocacy, conservation and good governance. I am Wally Thomas. My friend, longest time. Uh, keep your distance. Are we currently? Haven't you heard that coronavirus has entered Nigeria and people are contracting the virus every day? But I use hand sanitizer to clean my hand. I can't contract it. That's a good step, but it's not enough. No handshakes, no hugging. Practice physical distancing by simply increasing the space between you and other people to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Truth is, stay at home. I'm only out because I came to buy food items for emergency. You have to take responsibility to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Avoid areas where there are lots of people. Ensure to keep a physical distance of at least two meters from other people. Wash your hands with soap and running water regularly and do not touch your face, eyes and mouth if you have not washed your hands. Take responsibility for you and the rest of us. This message is from the Federal Ministry of Health, the Nigeria Center for Disease Control and its partners. Hi there, I'm Lucy Van Olden Barneveld from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. If you're tuned to Cowrie 97.5 FM, then it's time to get serious. COVID-19 or coronavirus is real. So stay away from crowded areas, keep to hygiene rules, and more importantly, listen to and abide by what government tells you to do. If you go to the market, keep two meters away from everyone and wash your hands once they make contact. Any contact at all, you need to wash your hands. Remember, coronavirus is defiant. It attacks all, big or small. Thanks. I'm glad you've heard my message. I'm Lucy, and I work 
and live in Canada. Abir Elwin Nemi flags off today's program with a daily Ramadan talk and she says you don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its cover. Newspaper bulletins, social media marketing and high gloss magazines bombard us every day with photoshopped images of what it is to have the perfect figure and present ourselves in the most appropriate ways. Marketeers operate from one foundational logic that if a particular look is perceived as being the norm, then followers of fashion will spend their hard-earned money on presenting themselves in a way that will be deemed as normal by others. Selfies flood the social platform where people desperately do their best to prove to peers that they've got the latest look and that they're worthy of social inclusion. Adding some peer pressure with a few ill-considered remarks from friends or family. And voila, people become entirely insecure in their physical appearance. What's cool one month is uncool the next. And for those who can't keep up, social inclusion and isolation is unfortunately looming. A wise man once said that cools only cool until cool becomes cool because once cools become, become cool, cools not cool anymore. Many people face an overwhelming intensity of social pressure that some of us would struggle even to imagine. As the social media become increasing more popular, many people sacrifice their real relationships for their virtual relationships. This culture preoccupation with physical appearance isn't a new thing. But thanks to the ongoing advances in science and technology, this problem has become increasingly more pervasive. Culture promotes a standard of beauty that is unrealistic, degradingly unachievable and harmful to the self-esteem that stems from the way in which people view themselves. One reason why this social norm is so destructive is that people become the objects of other people's viewing pleasure rather than human beings who can be meaningfully interacted with. The obsessive focus that culture places on self-image seems to result in an entirely self-consumed need for picture perfection. The many social media facilitates 24-7 peer-to-peer comparison where the photos that many people take are shared in their desperate pursuit of social acceptance and social validation. Many people believe that others will find little interest in them unless they become picture perfect. However, if we were to dismiss the preferences of other people as irrelevant and consider how we ourselves choose those that we commit to relationally, the rules of the game usually change quite significantly. For some people, anyway. Because fundamentally, we know that all healthy relationships are built over time and based on a foundation of trust. It's maturity, consistency, attitude, and shared values 
that cement the basis of all meaningful relationships. A wise man once said that it's impossible to judge a book by its cover accurately, and I guess that in an ironic kind of way, each of us resembles a book because we all have a cover that we present to other people, but most often none of us want to be known by this cover. How is social media for you now, and how is peer pressure now? As regards the time we are passing through, uh, where stigma is arising due to the spread of the coronavirus. Have a great morning, and that's Abir Ronimi from Cairo, Egypt, Cowrie Radio. Have a blessed Ramadan. Cowrie, 97.5 This is the Reset Portion, and now to China, a country very much in the news, and for so many reasons. This time we're back to the controversial subject of China buying up Africa. Recently, a video went viral on social media. Ada Magaji lives in Paris, France, is Nigerian, and is the convener of a Pan-African social reformist organization, the Neo-Pan-African Leadership Organization. Magaji posted the video on social media. I saw a video today of a Caucasian lady who made a video on anti-black racism in China that is growing recently because of this coronavirus. And I also see a video of so many Africans that were evicted from their apartment, from their hotels, their passport and their documents were confiscated, some of them were even deported. Then I said, hmm, this is an interesting time because I wanted to share the statistics with you. I and my group, a Pan-Africanist group, last year, late 2019, we conducted the research because I was pricked with curiosity to make this research because I felt I stumbled upon a Chinese farm in Khartoum, for example, Khartoum in South Sudan. A Chinese man occupying thousands of hectares of land in Khartoum and his farming vegetable and exporting it back to China. As I'm talking to you, Google, just type it now, the Chinese farm, the Chinese farm in Khartoum. You'll see it. Just Google it. So before I do that, let me just give you a few statistics, okay? Let me just explain to you why the Chinese people are trooping in Africa and occupying land right now. Understand the reality and what is happening. The total global superficie right now as it is, the world in general is just 500 million kilometers square as it is. That's what we're occupying. And Africa is 30 million. Africa as a continent in general and with a population of 1.250 billion people in Africa. Then the U.S., for example, is 9 million square kilometers. Canada, too, is 9 million. China is 9 million. India with almost 1.350 3 billion people have at least superficies of 3 million square kilometers. So as you can see, Africa is even large. Africa as it is, is even larger than Russia. It's, Russia has 17 million kilometers square okay, in superficies. So think about all these things. Now look at all the land apportioned to different parts of the world. Africa alone has 60% of the world's most arable land. I'm telling you that the total superficies is 500 million. And Africa has 60% of the world's most arable land. Now, what is the Chinese agenda? The Chinese agenda is that they are going to send millions of their people. As I'm speaking to you right now, they have occupied hundreds of land, thousands of hectares of land in Africa. There are actually 40, there were before this outbreak of coronavirus, 40,000 Chinese in Nigeria working for the Dangote farm. Most of them don't even go back to their country. In, in South Africa, for example, there are 30,000 permanent resident Chinese that are there, permanently resident there. Go to Namibia, you see them. Go to Tanzania, you see them. Go to Kenya, you see them in hundreds. You see them in mining, illegally killing animals and taking them, taking them back to China. 
So what is the Chinese agenda? The agenda is that their population is growing and they are going to send in more millions of their people in Africa to occupy land, dominate Africa both economically. Okay? While our people are busy doing their politics, China is taking over our land. This thing, I'm very concerned about this because no African can even occupy an apartment, buy or sell an apartment. You, can't, you don't even have permanent residence in China. Talk more of getting land. So why are Chinese people buying land in Africa? Why? You spoke with the entire uh, Pan-African uh, research team and we're going to publish the list of all the hectares, thousands of hectares of land that Chinese people are occupying all over Africa. As I'm talking to you right now, one of our contacts sending information about the Chinese poultry farm in Ogun State in Nigeria. Okay, Another one again is occupying at least 58,000 hectares of land in Namibia. They are farming there, sending it back to China sending it back to feed their people. But an African cannot even occupy a single, just ordinary apartment in China who cannot even occupy. So what is the purpose of doing this video? We want to share this as far as we can to sensitize our people. And we're going to publicize all this. We're going to publicize, publish all the land, hectares of land that they're occupying. We're going to mount pressure on the AU and all the African leaders through our activism. We will mount pressure on them to start watching closely these Chinese people. They are not bringing anything. They are only profiting from Africa. And then they abuse our people. You can see some of them open restaurants. They abuse our people. You can see how they are abusing us in their own land. But we, uh, we welcome them as royalties in Africa. So this thing of you know, anti-black racism must stop. If we are not welcoming their land, then they should not be welcome in Africa. Everything, respect, we must respect each other. This is the objective of this video. So I'm counting on you to share this video far and wide. We're going to get the relevant authority. We are already organizing our members all over. We're going to publicize all the thousands of hectares of land you're occupying in Africa and pressure every single government. They must check them. And right now, I'm calling upon the governor of Ogun State. That Chinese poultry farm, you must check these people. You have to check them. They are now farming poultry. They are even farming sorghums. I saw it. Some of them are even farming watermelon and sending it back to China. Some of them even have fish ponds there. But in our own land, we welcome them as well. But they hate us in their own land. Why is that? Well, if that does not give you the true picture of what China is into and that a number of African countries may indeed be in the death trap, our next clip tells us. Hi. What you see here is $10,000 on the table. You can take this money as a loan, but I will charge you a little bit of interest rate. Like most people, you take the money and you go buy a nice car. But in 10 years, it's time to pay me back. And because of interest rates, now you owe me $20,000 and not 10. You will say, I don't have money to give you. And if you don't, I take your car and a piece of your house. This is how death works. And after three years of traveling the world, I noticed that this is exactly what China is doing. For example, take the small island nation of Sri Lanka. This developing country needs money and China has a lot of it. So Sri Lanka took billions of dollars in Chinese loans. It was easy money just there to be taken. And with that, they built skyscrapers, highways, airports, and shipping ports. The country grew and prospered. But few years later, this easy money came with interest rates, and Sri Lanka was so much in debt that it couldn't pay back China its money. And the only way out was to give China control of what they had built. 
In other words, Sri Lanka lost a piece of its home to China because of debt. This is the Chinese money trap, and it's a real thing I saw all over the world. In Papua New Guinea, I saw two billion dollars in loans given by the Chinese to build skyscrapers, infrastructures, and ports. But there is no way this remote developing country can pay it back or its interest rate, and the only way out is to give China control of the country. In the Maldives, Pakistan, Malaysia, Laos, Kazakhstan, Mongolia, Egypt, Kenya, and South Africa. The same thing is happening, and many countries are struggling to pay back Chinese loans. If you look closely, all these infrastructure projects, like highways, ports, and bridges, connect to China through the sea or through the land to form something far bigger, far more powerful than just a bridge—a new Silk Road. The world is already made by China, and I think slowly it will be owned by China. Don't get me wrong; building bridges, ports, highways, and airports is a great thing for the people and the country. But they come at a very high cost, and when these countries can't pay back the loans, these countries will lose their homes. One thing my parents had taught me is that there's no such thing as a free lunch or a free ride. So if we're not careful with our money or other people's money, then we better start learning Chinese. Xia Chou Xian. The China debt trap. We will be talking to Ada Magaji in tomorrow's edition of the Reset Bulletin, and we'll hear more of how China is not really a true friend of Africa. Still to come, Bola Wola Makinde with a wrap-up of world events in the last 24 hours. President Donald Trump of the United States announced the U.S. will send 200 ventilators, probably more, to Nigeria as a follow-up to a telephone chat he had with the Nigerian President Muhammadu Buhari.、Uh, Nigeria, they'll do anything for ventilators. We're going to send at least 200 ventilators to Nigeria, probably more than that. So,、uh, Donald Trump, and we must be grateful for every gift that we get. But health medics say we need dialysis machines also because the virus attacks the kidneys. The average price of a ventilator is sixteen thousand dollars, and our senators and members of the House of Representatives ride official cars costing over forty thousand dollars each. In fact, the lower chamber took delivery of some 400 luxury cars just as COVID-19 was breaking. If you're thinking this country is a nation of round pegs in square holes, wait until you hear Professor Ben Ayade, Cross River State Governor. It is healthy living. Give people job. Tabo Mbeki once told the world, "Don't tell us about giving us HIV drugs in South Africa. Give us money. Let us improve our agriculture. Let everybody have a job and is working and is living healthy." HIV virus will disappear. The same thing with coronavirus. It will sound very controversial, but they should know that I am talking from sound intellectual and scientific background. The virus itself, the test method itself, the PCR test method, is an unreliable test method and is never to be used for diagnostic purpose, but for genomic sequencing, for just research purposes. But PCR is being used. Test kits are being produced. Test kit manufacturers are making cool money. If I test you and your Coronavirus positive. What do I do? There is no vaccine today. There is no established, approved international treatment protocol. However, you have also another. Some people have recovered. 
those people who have recovered, why, why don't you go and take their serum? Their serum shows that if they have recovered, it means they now have the antibody against the virus. So go take their serum, do a synthesis of their serum based on the electrophoresis and synthesize and mass produce the vaccine. Why can't federal government start putting money on the research on the production of that vaccine in Nigeria? We have professors of virology, intelligent Nigerian professors of virology, lying waste in the universities. With the money you have now, you can set up a proper vaccine production plant. A first of its kind, a world-class vaccine. And very easy. As I teach immunology in a university. And what do you do? That healthy man that you say has recovered. You have discharged 19, you have discharged 20. They have recovered. That means that those people are strong and healthy enough that their antibodies they have generated, you can extract it and pass it through a Fourier transform infrared spectroscopy through a dictionary to establish the active ingredients, active immunoglobulins that responded to your, uh, the, the, the coronavirus. Then synthesize it in large quantity and mass produce it and that becomes your vaccine. Cross River State Governor Ben Ayade. Next, Bolawola Makinde with a wrap-up of yesterday's events across the world. Tuesday, 28th April 2020, and from our London United Kingdom studios, this is Kari 97.5 FM Newsbeat. I am Bolawala Makinde. Three international NGOs have filed a complaint against the European Union for the misuse of funds in its programs in Libya. They are essentially accusing the EU of misusing the trust fund budget, which allocated $97 million to a project for Libya's border management, including training Libya's Coast Guard for migration control. The organizations are asking the European Court of Auditors to review the programs funded by the European Union Trust Fund for Africa in its operations in Libya. The aim of the complaint is to get auditors to determine if the EU is in breach of their financial and human rights obligations towards refugees and migrants. In the past, the European Union has persistently argued that they are only supporting Libya's Coast Guard so that lives can be saved at sea. But the EU is now being accused of violating their own financial management principles and failing to provide the necessary oversight to protect the human rights of refugees and migrants affected by this program. Rwanda's President Paul Kagame has accused Burundi's army of fighting in Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo even as he denied claims of deploying his own troops to the region. This came after Rwanda and Burundi troops were both accused by locals and foreign non-governmental organizations of fighting alongside rival militia groups in Eastern DR Congo. In a video press conference on Monday, Kagame told journalists that the country's intelligence collection confirms that there are forces from Burundi operating in that region. But Burundi's presidential spokesperson, Jean-Claude Karewa, denied Kagame's claims on Burundi's army. Karewa noted that unless requested by the African Union or the United Nations, Burundi cannot deploy troops to another country. Libya's General Khalifa Haftar, whose forces are fighting the United Nations-backed government in the capital Tripoli, has said he has accepted the popular mandate to govern the country. It would be noted that forces loyal to General Haftar have been trying to capture Tripoli and its surrounding areas for more than a year. Haftar, however, promised to put in place the necessary conditions to build the permanent institutions of a civil state, but he did not offer details of what the new structure would look like.
Gabon's Prime Minister Julien Koge Bekele has eased lockdown restrictions in the capital Libreville and three neighboring municipalities. Instead, the government imposed a dust to dawn curfew and allowed shops to reopen. The Prime Minister said the decision was intended to avoid social destabilization, which might happen if people are unable to earn a living. But schools and places of worship will remain closed. Movement out of the capital was also restricted to avoid the possible spread of coronavirus to other provinces. Botswana's president, Okwetsu Masisi, has announced a one-week extension of the nationwide lockdown that was due to end on 30th April. President Masisi said the extension was agreed after advice from health experts following an increase in local transmissions. During the extension, the government said it will decide on a strategy to ease restrictions depending on how citizens follow guidelines designed to reduce the spread of coronavirus. The extension will however end on 7th May, followed by two weeks of sequentially easing of restrictions. The United Nations Human Rights Office has warned countries against using excessive force during the COVID-19 pandemic. The agency also urged governments to recognize that the threat is the virus, not the people. This came as about 32,100 coronavirus cases were reported in 52 African countries with 1,428 deaths and 9,741 recoveries. The United Nations Human Rights Commissioner, Michelle Bachelet, however called on countries not to use emergency powers as a weapon to quash dissent and control the population. She noted that shooting, detaining or abusing people for breaking curfew because they are desperately searching for food is unacceptable and unlawful. Brazil's Supreme Court has ordered an investigation into accusations that President Jair Bolsonaro sought to interfere with police investigations for political gain. In his decision on Monday, Justice Celso de Mello gave the federal police 60 days to question former Justice and Public Security Minister Sergio Moro about his explosive allegations. According to the judge, the crimes allegedly practiced by the President of the Republic seem to have an intimate connection with the exercise of the presidential mandate which allows for an investigation of Bolsonaro. The findings which will be handed over to the Attorney General could either result in either a request for a political trial against Bolsonaro or an indictment against Moro for false testimony. And that has been Kauri 97.5 FM Newsbeat, Tuesday 28th April 2020. I am Bolawala Makinde. And that has been the reset button for today. Remember, social distancing, hand washing, and please learn not to touch your face. And you're safe from COVID-19. I am Wally Thomas, and here's wishing you a pleasant day.
it your responsibility. Stop the spread of coronavirus. Keep a distance of at least two meters between you and others. Hi there, I'm Lucy Van Olden Barneveld from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. If you're tuned to Cowrie 97.5 FM, then it's time to get serious. COVID-19 or coronavirus is real. So stay away from crowded areas. Keep to hygiene rules and, more importantly, listen to and abide by what government tells you to do. If you go to the market, keep two meters away from everyone and wash your hands once they make contact. Any contact at all, you need to wash your hands. Remember, coronavirus is defiant. It attacks all, big or small. Thanks. I'm glad you've heard my message. I'm Lucy, and I work and live in Canada. Calories, 97.5 97.5 FM. FM.